This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. If monkeys had microphones, their show would be significantly better. Unfortunately, this is Funny People Talking. I'm Darlene Liebman, the founder of Creative Humans, and I'd rather give Harvey Weinstein a shot into his penis than listen to funny people talking. That's so awesome. You know the funny thing is... Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I have to tell you, after Darlene said her opening line there, we just lost it. Uh, that is the greatest. <laughs> Darlene, uh, welcome to the show. Anyway, we'll get to you in just a second, but I would like to say I'm Mark Rico, one of your hosts, and with me, no, I. she's not with me. She's with all of us. It's Dresden Angle. Hi, Dresden. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Hello. And also with us, of course, our good friend and our producer, Elsie. Howdy, Elsie. Hi. I was giving you like a cowboy hello. Howdy. So, do you like cowboys? I never met one that I didn't like. They're fine. How many? <laughs> how, many how many? How many have you met? Um, I never counted. Okay. Hashtag spare okay, horse follow. ride a cowboy. Enough. Oh, enough. Enough. Okay. Enough to know that you like them all so far. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh also with us, the most important person in the room today is Darlene Liebman, the creator of incredible organization, Creative Humans. And I should point out one of our recent guests, uh, Nathan Russell, Nate Russell from Hammond Hill Media. I hope you enjoyed his episode. If you didn't listen to it, how dare you? Go back and listen to it. It's a great one. I met Nathan through Darlene because I met Darlene trying to get a hold of Nathan. And then I was like, oh my God, Darlene, why don't you come on the show? Then Darlene was booked on the show. And how come you couldn't come on the show last time? Oh, I was stricken with COVID. Go figure. Okay. I hear it's, hear it's spreading. It's, really, it's going around. So. Oh gosh. So how do you spell that? <laughs> so um, first of all, first of all, before I go on, how are you doing now, Darlene? Yeah. Uh, I am happy to report that I'm fully recovered, but it oh, was oh, okay. yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. But guess who filled her spot at the last moment? Another than Nathan. So that's how we got that's Nathan cool, on that particular man. episode. Just kind of worked out in a perfect way, but fortunately recovered and us having an Thank available God. slot. Darlene's now with us. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great time. And I'm really excited to learn more about you, Darlene, and your incredible company. So uh, we have a great show coming up. Of course, we're going to talk to Darlene. But before we do that, I want to tell a story about buying a Christmas tree. Of course, our salute to Tina Fey as always. And uh, Dresden, I, I want to challenge you with something. And I know I'm sort of throwing hmm. this on you. If you, would, if you would rather do a Dresden moment and have one queued up, I'm totally fine with that. But I thought it would be cool to sort of mix it up and ask you if you would offer a Dresden PR PR tip. And oh. if you want to illustrate it based on a Dresden moment, that's fine. But let's focus it more on being a, a, a – and this is not a setup, everybody. This is – I'm honestly asking her for the first time right now to switch it up. Are you cool with that? I am cool with that. Okay, cool. And then uh, Elsie has a brand-new feature called Headline – poetry i'll tell you what that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun i think and then a brand new improv game i think you're gonna enjoy <laughs> it and that's all coming up and of course like i said we'll talk to darlene uh but first real quick a a quick question for dresden as per usual i have to know dresden <laughs> i have to know okay i do not understand there seems to be a a uh, very, very bright light on you, but it's dark all around you. It's like a spotlight right on you, very narrow, a special, as they call it in the theater. Yeah. Right on you, and the rest of you is dark. I don't usually see you like this with just a very single, narrow spotlight right on your face. Yeah. Please to be explaining. Oh, I'd be happy to. So so I've, I've turned a certain age. And when you get to be a certain age, uh, old-fashioned movie star, can't quote her name exactly who it was, but they said, you can either take care of your body or your face. And I decided, <laughs> I like carbs, so I'm going for face. 
<laughs> so I've decided to carry one of those rings that people use for podcasts in their home. Those light oh, like rings the ring around. Light. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see my necklace? See how it's like strapped to me like a necklace. <laughs> so you only look at my face and you oh, are completely perfect. ignoring the rest of me. So for all intents and purposes, I'm a size it's, five. It's I, body I recommend blindness. it. I don't know. I think I think it's a good uh, in women empowerment thing. I think I'm going to market it. I love it. I love it. What will it be called? Uh, light my face. I'm going to think about it. You know, something. Okay. Would, I <laughs> heard. I I heard there's some other businesses over the last 20 years that have done well using the word face. So maybe yeah. face look, face look. Like yes. that doesn't conflict with anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, so face I, look. That's what I'm calling that, it. Face look. That, I'm going to go with a blue and a white logo. Yeah. Perfect. That seems like, you know, safe, <laughs> uh, safe trademark territory to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Face look. So you only look Be- at my face. Great. Beautiful. Mark, thank you for helping me work through the branding. That was brilliant. It's, are we not yeah. friends? Come on. What am I Man, you, you have my back all day long. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. I, I would if I could see it. So and can you uh, help anyway. me with a logo? Help me with a logo. Maybe just an F like in a blue box or something. But we'll we'll talk <laughs> offline. We'll just talk a offline. disembodied head. Just so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Drez, uh, since, since you're on a roll, why don't you tell me to start the show? Ah! Mark, start the damn show. All right. From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Dresden Engel, and Elsie. All right, everybody, we are here uh, with Dresden, Elsie, and me, and Darlene Liebman from Creative Humans. Well, she's not just from Creative Humans. She's from Manhattan and from and, and, and from, from Earth and America and lots of other things, but also her company, Creative Humans. We've got a great show ahead, but first, before we do anything, we must, absolutely must pray to the comedy gods uh, in the yes. hopes that someday, somehow, our, yes. our, uh, our goddess of comedy... Tina Fey will grace us with her presence. Darlene, you see every episode, we devote a small portion of the show appealing to the comedy gods that Tina Fey will somehow uh, grace us with her presence. Send or us just a send gift. us a pizza, anything. That's all we care about. Yeah. That just to know it came from her would be enough. Right. Call in, send us a video, do anything we can, that she can. Uh, we'll pray to the comedy guys putting out into the universe. You never know what will happen. You're welcome to join in or you can just watch disgustedly at us as we go through this exercise but um uh elsie would you lead it off oh oh, dresden started go ahead no no i'm just doing the background music background music (laughs) elsie would you lead us in prayer please Tina, we really would like to have you. Um, Tina Fey, we love you. Please, Tina Fey, I appeal to we you. We want to have a girl named Tina. Oh, please, Tina. These three kings, we are. You we can bring you Amy Poehler. We love any type of teacher. It's fine. We're not picky. So, love you. Tina Fey, come on the show. Persistent. That's one thing Tina. you can say about us. Amen. Thank you. I saw you Darlene, praying, Darlene. Thank you for that. I don't Thanks know for if she was energy. laughing at us and hiding her face in shame. Or it could also sure be that. Gods. She I was know. praying. You were praying like your prayer was so perfect. It was almost it was. like an emoji prayer hand. Like that was amazing. We're, like we're sitting here goofing about pizza and stuff. And Darlene's like legitimately praying. Like, <laughs> thank you, Darlene. Thank uh, you, Darlene. Speaking of praying, then I think of Christmas, which makes me think, of Christmas trees, and all I oh, wanted to smooth, say was smooth. had had a had a really fun moment the other day where okay, so I've been in New York for I think thirteen and a half years, and I've been with my wife ten and a half years. We're not married the whole time, but but with her, and in our entire ten and a half years, we've only gotten three Christmas trees, and the third one was this year. It just, we used to have a really big cat and we were afraid the cat would like take down the tree or, you know, hurt the ornaments or whatever. We could put like ornaments on the top third of the tree and be safe. So we just never got a tree. And then like three years ago, my wife bought a beautiful little 
like a tiny tree and surprised me with it and decorated. I came home, it was all lit up and decorated because I was Aww. whining that we didn't have Christmas spirit or whatever. And she did that. It was so sweet. And then uh, last year, I went and got a tree at like 1130 at night and like dickered with the tree salesman to like sell me that little tree for 40 freaking dollars or whatever. And he and I got him to do it. And I was so proud of myself. And I thought I paid $40 for this little piece of crap tree, but it's my tree. Damn it. And we're going to decorate the crap out of it. And we enjoyed it this year. We found out that a place that we could get a tree, we'll get a seven foot tree for 70 bucks, 60 bucks. And so Whole Foods, actually, it was. So we traipsed down to 125th Street in Manhattan, and we bought a tree. And then we had that when Harry met Sally moment where you're just walking through the streets of New York, carrying the tree, trying to navigate through all the people not paying attention on the sidewalks, trying not oh to kill God. somebody. Then we brought it down in the subway and no. put it in the subway car. And took the subway oh, home with our tree and then carried it home and set it up. And I have to tell you something. I swear to God, it is the most perfect looking. I sent you a picture, Elsie, didn't I? It is the most perfect. Yeah, it's very special. Oh, Mark, send me one too. I want to see I've it. ever seen. I will. But Mike, I got you. a question. Yeah. I got a question. Did Go you did you trim it to look that shape? No, I swear to God. Like that's honest to God. How I, all I did out. was cut the bottom off of it and it was totally exactly the way the tree. And it's no fake will, branches stuck no, in to make nothing, it look full. Nothing. So, there's Mark, nothing, nothing about this tree that is fake. I have to tell you, uh, there it is. Look, look at that. Perfect oh, that pretty fabulous. tree. That is a perfect tree. With all the schlepping and because you brought up the fabulous visual of the Harry and Matt Sally moment. It, 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 did you and the wife fight? Harry met or... Potter. Ah, good one. Uh, did, you, uh, did you and your wife fight at all? Or did the moment stay Hallmark Christmas movie-like? Um, No, I think it was pretty nice. Um, I, I did, however, as I was carrying the back of the tree, and she, uh, my, my wife is actually very small, but she's a brute. And she'll be the first one to tell you that, by the way. She's very curious. I call her an Altoid because she's curiously strong. And so she takes, she do. It's true. It's so, romantic. so so she was carrying the front of the tree, and I was carrying the trunk of the tree. And I took out my phone and I videotaped her carrying it. Oh, that's And then awesome. I sent it to my brother, like you know, and he's like, "It's like you you should be helping." <laughs> and uh, but but no no we were fine we were fine and we uh, we started decorating it last night and I went through that nice. ritual that I'm sure we all whoever. I don't know how many of us in this call have ever had a Christmas tree because I don't know everyone's religious background. But, of course, there's the one strand, part of the strand that doesn't light up and you literally go through every light trying to replace it and figure out why it's not lighting. At the end of what I think was a solid hour and 20 minutes of testing lights, I still couldn't get the damn thing to light properly. So there's just a section of lights in our Christmas tree that will just lay dead forever. I'm not taking it off. And uh, we're going to buy other Christmas lights to cover it up with. Because I, I don't just blame can't. you. Anyway, um, have you ever done the walk? Darlene, being in New York, have you ever done the... Oh, oh wait a minute. I, of course, I have... I ha are you Are you perhaps Jewish with a name like Liebman or am I being assumptuous? I am MOT, yes, member of the tribe. But, you know, wow. I, do, I, I do associate with the Goyim. So I know a lot of them. Tell, tell me your story. No, I associate I, with the Goyim. Yeah, I, I everyone in the subway must have like been so like tickled. Like that seemed like such a charming New York thing. Yeah. Like, and it would end up somewhere. Like, I, I know it was, it was, I, I don't know. Everyone, I, I didn't see any charmed faces. Of course, everyone had masks on, but I, I, I didn't I see any charmed faces. No, I'm serious. I couldn't Wait, tell I through their glint of their eye. But, no, pardon me? How much money did you save? Like you could have just gone to the corners and they're like, there's like tree guys everywhere in New York city. Oh, a lot. <laughs> saved a lot. Like, the, like near us to, for, um, the little tree I got last year for 40 bucks would have been like 80 bucks. Ask, I'm just curious. I want a price comparison. Next time you go by those guys, just be like, how much is that seven foot tall tree? So I, you I did. I there, It's like $120. Oh, all right. Good deal. It's, it's so, I mean, I feel very confident with our, to get that deal. I feel Darlene, very good were about you in a sorority in college? I was not, uh, but I had okay. a lot of friends in sororities. I was in a Jewish sorority, so I thought I'd bond you, with the MOT. 
Oh. But going on, but moving on. Is it, did you call it member of the tribe being in a sorority? No, 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 no. MOT means You're tribe Jewish. means Jewish. Yeah. We asked each well, other. I know that. I, 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 I was aware of that. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> I actually went to quite a few bar mitzvahs growing up because I grew up in Brighton, which is a very, yes, you uh, did, which very, is very Jewish, Jewish uh, way more Jewish in the old days. Not 50%. As much now, perhaps, but uh, when, you know, in Rochester, where I'm from and where Dresden lives. Anyway, I just, I don't know. No, it's a great visual. I, I just it. had to share that visual because I felt like I, I, I had to make sure there's no bickering so I could stay in my moment of you two like, oh, look what we're doing. Thank you. I know. Because I, I would have probably been yelling at my husband. So that's just, I'm the evil bitch. Well, if there was, a... <laughs> <laughs> what would you be saying to, to Paul if you were carrying a Christmas tree through the streets? Why the hell are you making me carry the heavy part? I'm not curiously strong. That's... <laughs> you know, I think if there was at Universal Studios a When Harry Met Sally <laughs> village... <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that you could do is carry a Christmas the orgasm scene the... over and over again. That's all over and over. There would be see. there'd be a little Katz's Deli with someone constantly <laughs> doing the orgasm scene. And you could order constantly. like five thousand dollar corned beef sandwiches, <laughs> and, and I meant that about like Universal Studios, not Katz's. And then uh, you could be there would be a little Empire State you know Building. I'm going to put a pin in on. it. I don't I don't think there's going to ever be a Harry Mansley Village. This is now going to be my mission in life. I don't care how many millions I earn. Some place, some little like, you know, some little Amish town. I'm going to find some cheap real estate and just like like build a little when Harry met Sally. I mean, I granted that probably most of the Amish haven't seen the movies since they may not have like electricity or whatever. But no. Anyway. <laughs> And just, you're such you're on a tangent. I don't know. Um, no, I'm on. just trying to give fair fair time to all religions, I guess. But anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to move on. I'm sure you'll all thank thank me for it. I would love if Dresden, you might switch us up a little bit and okay. uh, and offer up a PR tip for all of us novices. And now it's time for Pop Goes the Dresden. By the way, by, when I say all of us, I meant me. Yeah. And by okay, well, PI, you, you don't mean Puerto Rico. No, we mean public <laughs> relations, which yes, I have Yes, a Puerto Rican tip, please? <laughs> well, take my hoops. You don't know that. You don't know that. My Puerto no, Rican friends love to is. say that. They get mad, so they don't fight. They're like, you don't know. They pull them off, and they go, take oh, my the, hoops. Oh, the earrings, right? Okay, yeah, hold my hoops. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, it's my Puerto Rican friends say it all the time, but I can't get away with that. So um, PR tip. You know, so this is so funny. I was getting a massage today, and I was having this conversation with my friend Jay, who better be listening because he does subscribe. Yeah. And I was telling him that, you know, it's interesting when I teach college PR courses, I will say, you know, you got to realize that the person, people come to you with what they know, right? So we all come to everything with the experience that we have. And I said, you know, it's really interesting that you just said a word that meant something completely different to me. He said the word leisure. And I said, what do you think when you hear the word leisure? And he said, suits from the 70s. I said, really? That's so interesting. I think <laughs> leisure, I picture people on a patio with those bad 70s type webbed lounge yes. chairs. What Literally, you... that's what I think of too, by the way. Right. So I'm going to make a, I'm going to keep going here to make a point, right? So Mark, what do you think of? You think the lounge chairs as well? Yes, I do. Darlene, if I say the word leisure or leisure, depending tomato, tomato, what just comes to mind if I say at your, you know, you're being leisurely. I think of the character from the Simpsons. What was his? I forget. There was some, he was always in a suit. He was like this cool, smooth guy with a big afro. Oh, was... disco stew. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. And why? Why, may I ask? Because he was wearing a leisure suit. And then I also oh, so you went. Oh. So you went for that too. Okay. And Elsie. You I kind of think of like, yeah, lawn chairs holding the tiki glasses and umbrellas. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And cabana boys. So if I was going to sell something using the word leisure or leisure, I have to realize that that's going to conjure an image for everybody very differently. And so. I have to beat up every word in PR, especially when it's crisis PR. I have to beat up every word if I'm making a statement for a company because there was a death, sadly, amongst the employees on a work set, for example. And, you know, you don't want to say tragic loss because tragic then implies that we caused it. 
right? It's, it's just interesting to beat up every word. Now, I'm not saying lying. I'm just saying the crafting of words. And so words are so much a public relations. So there's this gentleman who posts something. His name is Dale Hartnett, fellow uh, former professor friend of mine. He posts something every day on social. And he'll say, if I said this word, what comes to mind? So we're just going to play one more game. Mark, what comes to mind if I say the word clock? Clock? Yeah. What, what, what is the next thing, next word? Would you I, put another word? Tower. Okay. Darlene? It's alarm, alarm clock. Okay. Else? Immediately, I think of grandfather. Okay. Grandfather and I, clock. But, right, that's, cool. that, but that doesn't come after the word clock. It comes before. Right. Right. It can be either one. What, what makes you think when you, whatever. So, so somebody wrote clockwork orange on this Facebook post today, right? So they went down a whole different path. And another person wrote, punch the dot, dot, dot. Uh So those were all kind of similar, right? The word clock, except for the person who went a little crazy with clockwork orange. My point is you have to realize your audiences, the person on the other end of your message is always going to perceive the words differently. And we just, you know, proved that with our little game, right? So you can't always be like, why the heck didn't they understand? Why didn't they get that? Why didn't that take off? And that's what's really cool about digital advertising, for example. You can try three different ads, see which one resonated, and then kill the two that didn't work. So it's pretty awesome. Wow, that's a great tip. Thank you, Dresden. That's really illuminating. Thanks for playing along. (laughs) That's a community (laughs) tip. Yes. Uh, nice, nice job, Dresden. Okay. But that even, that plays in anything like email Everything. or texting. Right. You don't yeah. have to be a PR Because you know how when you write something, there's no inflection or emotion. Yeah. So people are going to read uh, it how they read it. Right. So you really yeah. have to think about your words. We yeah. used easy words like leisure and clock, but if we wanted to go with some tough words that really could hurt the jugular or other organs, right, Darlene Wink, that we could, yeah. Anyway, my friends, very thank nice. You for, very thank nice. you for indulging and think about of me course. tomorrow when you write when you're writing a text and thinking too long about it. Say that damn dress in. Yeah, hard work. I'm gonna mess up. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I say that on the first day of college PR course, I do tell my students, "You will never look at the world the same again, and you will hate me forever. You'll never look at the way a politician talks to the microphone. You'll never look at a billboard the same way again. You're now going to rip." everything apart for the rest of your lives okay mark let's do some funny stuff huh yeah well that that was funny so um well you know speaking of words uh, what a great segue opportunity here speaking Mm. of words uh next up we're gonna do something a little different elsie you may not realize this but um maybe you've experienced it in some of our 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 improv games but elsie is actually quite the wordsmith she's actually a, a fairly accomplished poet and Ooh, what I love is that you never really, well, you, you finished some of them. So I guess you accomplished something. So anyway, uh, you are, um, sorry, Elsie is Elsie. She's, she's, a, she's a poet anyway, and she's written poems and, and she gets inspiration from everywhere. So what I thought would be a great thing to do is let's check out what some random headlines are in the news. And I'm going to give them to Elsie. And see if, inspired by the headline, Elsie, you can make a poem up on the spot and see how good you really are at this poetry thing. Are you willing to give that a shot? Yeah. Okay. She loves bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's in a jazz band. She's the producer, it's Elsie. So let me just uh, see what we come up with. These are real headlines. I'm literally pulling off the news right now. (laughs) And the headlines are woman falls into volcano vent on Oregon's Mount hood. A very sad story. So, um, uh, you know, but woman falls into volcano vent on Oregon's Mount hood. So Elsie, I'm hoping that might inspire you with some poetry. A woman went down a volcano vent. We all wonder now where she went. (laughs) The volcano's name was Mount Hood. I'm pretty sure what happened to her was not good. (laughs) Very good. 
Thank you. All right. Another headline. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's tequila brand has broken sales records. Quote, the tequila of the people, unquote. Dwayne John, the Rock Johnson's tequila company is sales of broken records. The tequila of the people. Elsie, take it away. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has the tequila of the people. The sales are as tall as the highest church's steeple. <laughs> if you want to have a good time, I know on the rocks, Dwayne Johnson's beverage, watch his commercial on TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to rhyme time with lime. Yeah, Since it was tequila, I lost that one. Beginning okay. good. It's all right. It's a, it's a, you're one for two. That's good. That was still good. Uh, last headline. Literally, I'm reading these and she's making them up on the spot. Yeah, that, by the way, Dwayne Johnson, tequila, you rhyme those. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Okay, last one. 92-year-old man finds college jacket with social media help. A 92-year-old man found his college jacket with the help of social media. There was a 92-year-old man. I believe his name was Stan. (laughs) Whenever he went out and ran, he noticed he had no jacket. That jacket he did miss. It was gone. It was his bliss. He went on to social media... And he did it with quite Expedia because he really missed that jacket and that was no racket. The people, they did help him and now that man has a giant grin. All right. That was a little bit more like a poetry slam than a poem, I think, but I loved it. I loved it. Elsie, well done. Way to take up the challenge. Good job. Good job. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be our improv game, a brand new improv game. We never know how that's going to go on this show, but it could be fun. And then, of course, we're going to talk to Darlene, all about Darlene, right after this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, Subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. So the, the game that I've come up with, uh, that we made up, it is called With All Due Respect. And the idea is, you know, we play the game of what if, where you kind of keep one-upping your the other person with your ideas of whatever it is that they're pitching, and it gets bigger and bigger. And it's kind of along those lines where you ever been one up by someone when they're like oh my god this is like the most ingredients i've ever had on a pizza you're like oh my god you should have seen the pizza i had when i was on this caribbean island i bet there were 30 ingredients on that thing and it's like they couldn't let you have this moment they had to tell you about the 30 ingredient pizza so this is basically about one-upping each other with whatever wherever the conversation started and the, the idea is to use a phrase that you typically use with that kind of thing which is look not to one-up you or you know with all due respect or in my opinion or whatever qualifier there might be to excuse really just minimizing what that person did and telling your better version the, of that story. It's the one improv game where you can kind of not be completely accepting of what the other person says. Cause it's part of exactly. the game to not be. A- a- exactly. Um, or even based in reality, really. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, yeah. so, so it all starts with a suggestion from somebody else. Drez, why don't you and I play this? Like we often demonstrate and then Darlene and Elsie can do the next round. If you're so, Perfect. so up for it, Darlene. So uh, Darlene, what I'd love to do is ask you for 
a location, any location, anywhere. It can be specific or non-specific. You know, for example, it could be, you know, uh, the corner of 63rd and Madison, the southwest corner right next to the girl with the red balloon. Or it could be Oregon. So, <laughs> you know, specific, non-specific. Anyway, Where any location, Darlene. Dar- by the way, Darlene's had this ready for like five minutes now and just waiting for me to go through my little example. So, Darlene, <laughs> what is the location to inspire our game? I say Burning Man. Burning Man. Whoa! Great. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, my God, Dresden. I have not yeah, yeah, seen yeah, you yeah. in forever, my friend. Oh, man, it's so I, good to see I, you. I don't know if I told you this, but guess what I did this year? What? I went to Burning Man with my friend Tim. Whoa. Is Tim still there? Did he make it back safe with you? He actually got a spider bite and it was about the size of a dime and it made him very sick and he was sick for like 12 hours and he had to fly home but then he went back after he got better and you know he figured he he paid for four days he wanted to be there for four days so uh anyway it was amazing it was amazing i'd never been before it was the greatest thing uh have you ever been to burning man well, I, like three times, but I try not to tell people because I use different names every time. You know? oh, yeah, because, nice. you know, but but when I went, you want to know what I did? Yes. Um, I, I had this idea that I'm going to do next time because I always have like a craft booth. And what I do is I have all the people come in and I have them paint each other. And then I like sell them for the week. Wow. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's I'm really happy to know you're doing you know, crafts because, you know, Mm -hmm. um, with all due respect, I don't know if you realize this, but I have a craft empire that I'm the CEO of. Yes. And and I do. And I, I do that at, um, at, at events all over the world. And so, you know, I wish I had seen your craft table. I would have been glad to give you some pointers or whatever. Oh, why? What would, what would you imply would be better? Well, I didn't see it, so I don't know what was good or bad oh, okay. of it. But but I'm I'm sure you did a great job. So what were you what were you selling? So I was selling people to actually like if there was a blue guy you wanted to you know hang out with all week, you could buy the guy painted blue, right? <laughs> or people would wear different <laughs> costumes, right? So so yeah. maybe maybe you know this person wears a flame resistant outfit underneath, but then on the outside they're on fire the whole time. So they're just walking around burning at burning man, but nobody got hurt in the making of this craft. That is amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it is cool. cool. You know, it's it's so such a coincidence that you had like you would sell a blue guy because uh, we actually had blue man group playing at every one of our craft tables. And funny enough, I don't know if it's funny, but one year, one of the full blue man group caught on fire and Whoa. we're running around so we actually had blue burning men well, well how about how about next time since you've already done that once how about next time you have the <laughs> men be marshmallow covered blue because then they can be like edible and we could sell that as a snack at burning man what do you think man i think that's perfect yeah. You, you you win. You win. Thank you, Marshmallow Blue Men Group. So that, that is with that is with all due respect. That's how you play the game. I don't know how funny or brilliant that was, but that's the idea. Yeah, I don't so know. I enjoyed I don't know. it. I enjoyed outdoing you or being outdone. <laughs> well, you had an empire. You had to go that's through right. you had a whole empire. I had an empire. I wish I had burning <laughs> the burning blue man group. So anyway, uh so Darlene and Elsie. Uh, Dresden, why don't you uh, have a, a, a location for Darlene and Elsie that might inspire their conversation? The actual toy building room, quite a large, like loft type space in the North Pole where the elves actually build Beautiful. the toys. Ladies, take it away. Whoever wants to lead it off. So uh, <laughs> I... Uh saw these elves one time when I was walking around and I followed them to the North pole <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of, you know, I'm a lot bigger than them, but I tried to scrunch down and, you know, 
I wanted to see this toy building room that they have. And, um, you know, with all due respect to the elves and to you, you know, I know that I got to do something that probably nobody's ever done before. I got to see the whole process you know, I don't. I don't want to poo-poo you, but I happen to be personal friends with Santa. And <laughs> we not only have I been to that toy room, but have you been to the VIP room? The VIP <laughs> awesome. I mean, right? I mean, it puts that other room to shame. So next time you go, you definitely have to let me know. I will get you on the list. And, um, you know, it's dope. Okay. Okay. Um, that's cool. I appreciate it. But, you know, with all due respect, um, I'm more about the little guys and not the big guy. <laughs> so. I don't know what you're saying, but what about, did you party with the reindeer? I mean, there's nothing to do with I mean, that's a whole nother party. True. That's true. But uh, with all due respect, um, I have allergies. <laughs> So are these hypoallergenic reindeer? Or what do they do? They are hypoallergenic, and they're also flying reindeer. And if you're nice to them, you know they have taken me on some really pretty exciting rides. I tell you, like if you want to have like an incredible tour over like every single major city, all within like five minutes, like. <laughs> Yeah, and totally hypoallergenic. I brought a friend. I brought another, you know, I'm not going to say who he was because he's a kind of a big deal, but he was really so pretty excited. I think you'd like it. Okay. So, um, all right. Well, okay, one last thing. Um, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but with all due respect, do you really mean this invitation or are you just yanking my chain? Oh, no, totally, man. I will absolutely get you on the list. Um, yeah, they're having a really big festival there that everyone's going to. I'm surprised you don't know about it. I totally hook you up with an invite, and we'll make it happen. And scene. That's perfect. Oh my Darling, God, that you amazing. completely embodied the spirit of this game. Oh, my Shown God. It Mark, actually... Mark, no yes. offense. Can we just cut ours in editing and only do this? I know, ours? right? Why, oh, why, my God. I think it'll be... It'll be great for contrast. It'll be great contrast. So well done, oh Darlene God, and Elsie. That was really, guys, really funny and very, very good. Darlene, um, were you a well mean done. girl in high school? Because you did that like really well. <laughs> She's nice. I'm just kidding. But she was creative. Work. She's I, I, creative, I, I, I and that's an awesome segue. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, it's just about Darlene and nothing else. Right after this. On a 1 to 10 scale of moronic, this program is a 19,412 and three-fifths. So, if you're into that sort of thing, buckle up. This is Funny People Talking. Darlene Liebman, founder of Creative Humans. Uh, You're such a cool person. And I really love what your company is all about. I could describe it and and I'm able to describe it because I I researched it, what you're all about. But, you know, since we have you here, I would love if you would just take a quick second and just give us like the elevator pitch of what Creative Humans is all about and why it exists. And then we can, I kind of want to follow that up if I could. Yeah. So, well, my background real quick is just like film and TV production. It always has been for many moons. And people were always coming to me, uh, asking me for recommendations for different filmmakers. Uh, They would either ask me, hey, can you make a video for me? Or can you recommend someone to make a video for me? Or do you know any cinematographers? Or do you know any editors? And this has just always been how it works. It is always word of mouth, how people kind of find each other. And I just felt it was very inefficient. And um I just personally, like I'm a production, well, I think all women love lists. I love lists. And uh, I wanted to create essentially like the a premier list of all the best kind of video creatives in the world. To start, I start with America. So it's an online platform uh, that was built to help like brands and ad agencies find filmmakers to work on projects for them. So it's a vetted community of both companies and freelancers. So there's production companies and animation studios and post-production companies and agencies 
And we have cinematographers, editors, motion graphic artists, and directors. But all the right. people and companies um, focus purely on like branded content. So all the work that's up there is work that they are paid to produce. And um, what I do is I play like kind of creative professional matchmaker. So people will come to me and tell me what they're looking for, or their problems, and we make introductions and, you know, find them a solution for their, for their creative issues. So my question is, do you feel you are more creative now that you're doing this? Or were you more creative when you were doing actual production work uh, as your main gig? Uh, I think I get to be more creative now because now like, you know, we find all these filmmakers and I look for people in different categories. So we really, I seek them out a lot more. So we'll look for, you know, some people stop motion, someone else is working with children and someone else is working with autos or there's just so much there's, I get to watch like incredible, incredible content all day long. And I, it's more fun because I also speak to just amazing creators all day long and, I don't know. It's really fun. So I talk to a lot of, and then I talk to producers and so I'm talking to like brands or ad agencies. And all I do is talk to interesting creative people and, and just kind of gossip all day long. It's nice. <laughs> that is amazing. And so Darlene, uh, like on the website, mm-hmm. here are some of the brands. If you could explain, you know, how it works, it's there's, there's Apple and there's Adidas and there's the New York times magazine. And there is Weezer, the band shooting a music video. So you're like running with the biggest dogs. Just amazing. I, I commend you, but you know, I'd love some insight as to how that all evolved for you to be running with such big dogs. Well, I will, I think you should probably know that I did not create all those videos. What you're looking at are people's portfolios. So what we do is we reach out and let's say you're a cinematographer. So I look for cinematographers again, who specialize in different things. And let's say, you know, you're, you work mainly with drones, right? Really big, amazing drones. So I'll look for drone photographers and I'll look for drone photographers who do branded work. And that's part of the prerequisite is like, you have to have worked with big brands and agencies. And then you come on board and you create a profile. And as you create a profile, like all that work is searchable. So the idea is that on the site, you can search by budget and category and industry. So let's say you want to look at all the videos that were produced between like fifty to $75,000. Uh, but then you only want to look at the comedies. And then you only want to look at the ones done for insurance companies. So you can really like slice and dice through all the work to try to find people who are really fit kind of what you need to have created. Very cool. Do you limit it specifically to filmmaking or are you across a variety of types of media? For example, just because this is a podcast, would you or do you offer podcast production services? Not offer it, but I mean, do you list those as well? Or have you you very specifically decided I'm in this narrow path at this point? So let's just get this right and do this well. Yeah, I try to really, really stick to video. But that being said, I have helped people find podcast producers. Like people come to me for all different reasons because sometimes unclear. They're like, oh, you have creatives. And I do have a very Mm. broad network with a lot of people. But if I can't, then I'll point you in the direction of someone else who can. But my feeling is like I really don't want it to be too broad because I think that's when companies get a little you're just not focused. And, and I really, you know, I, I don't like it when, you know, if you're helping someone find an editor, you have to know what an editor does and have to understand like nuances and all of these different productions. And I find larger companies that do it, they just have no idea the difference between like a copywriter and an editor. And just, you're just not getting really great candidates. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easier to curate and be smart about it and just kind of stick with video. And I love video. I just, I'm addicted to television. That's why I do this. <laughs> So beyond television and beyond paid ads, video accounts for at least two thirds of all online consumption. So, you know, how much does that drive your business growth just continuing to go upward because video is is such a hot commodity online? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is that you think about like years ago, like when a company made video, you had like three commercials a year. Right. And that was like and that's why the video, the budgets were so big. But now, you know, budgets are dropping, but you need so much more. Like in addition to, of course, like all the stuff on broadcast. Now you have every other channel. Right. So they have to feed the beast and you have to feed the beast for social or for also just internal for your conferences. You need video B2B. You need video like everyone's like, make me a video, make me a video. Every single department from human resources, you know, again, to the video. everyone's like, let's make a video. And where do you turn? 
like, a, you know, a lot of these companies, they have an agency of record, but those, the agencies, the one problem is that they're very expensive and they don't want to do lower budget work, right? So what I try to do is I still try to introduce you to incredibly high quality, amazing people, uh, but who won't charge you agency rates, right? So you're getting like, you know, much more value for your dollar. Cool. Now, how do, how do you vet that though? So I'll give you an example. So Nate, Nathan uh, Russell from uh, Hammond Hill Media, who we had on recently, we talked about earlier, they're doing great work, but they're also a relatively young company. How do you judge if you like that you can stand behind someone? Yeah. Well, Nate has already had some really legitimate clients behind him. Honestly, he's well, done some, true. he really has. And that's that, important. Like if you, if I get true. Started, they don't work with anyone, then I, I don't take them on. I just, that even if they are really talented, because I really want people who understand how to work with senior level, like directors and producers and understand yes. how it's done. So like, and, and it, that's actually what you're looking for. Like I, you know, I've done this before and like, I remember finding a filmmaker and then five years later she won Sundance. So like what I want to find are the people like before they hit it big, right? When you hit it big, you're going to charge a ton of money, which is great. And I think completely right. as they should, you know, but what everyone's looking for, right. is like people who are young and hungry, but like still know what they're doing, you know, really creative are going to really kind of be think for you and, and, just to give you something special and work a little bit harder because they want you as a new client, right? Like mm-hmm, I always tell mm-hmm. clients that these people shouldn't be doing you a favor. And a lot of times when you go to like bigger companies, they're like, oh, you only $70,000. Like, I guess, I guess, but you know, and they give you the B team and they hum and they hum and you know, I don't know. There's a ton of people who would, and there's so many more filmmakers than ever before. Like the, the price of camera gear and all of editing equipment has just, dropped so significantly in the past years. Like, you know, when you used to edit 10 years ago, you needed an Avid and an Avid cost like $500,000. And now anyone can edit, right? And do a good job of it. So, and the same with cameras, like think about it. Like there were no camera. I mean, before a camcorder, there was literally no camera you could get other than renting a Panavision or an Airflex camera. Right, right. Well, it's so cheap. And because of that, there's so many more creatives, right? It's crazy. When I was in film school, I remember hanging off the back of a, a pickup truck holding a $50,000 video camera of which I think the lens was 20 or $30,000 of that money filming at uh, Olympic go-karts in Rochester um, in front of a go-kart that's chasing the pickup truck. That was basically the camera truck while two guys hold me. So I don't fly off the back of the pickup truck holding this $50,000 camera about four inches from the ground hoping we don't hit a big bump. And I look back at them like how, not just how crazy is that moment, but how crazy that we would drag around a $50,000 piece of equipment because there was no other real option to get quality. Yeah. That's that's a good story. And think about all the other gear you had. I'm sure you had a separate audio person maybe. And there's just extra stuff you needed that now, like you can really cut corners and, and, but still not compromise on quality. Right. So I think it's really, Amazing. And I think just, and people want to know how to tap into that, right? How do I make that same like million dollar commercial maybe for like $200,000? And you can, uh, you just have to talk to the right people. So they should call do, me. Do you think Darlene, going back to your point that the fact that it's so easy, you know, I can shoot something on my phone and in about three minutes I can become an internationally distributed filmmaker through YouTube. One could argue semantics, but I'm saying hypothetically, I just shot a little film uploaded it it's available in many countries that's obviously not the same thing as being a steven spielberg of the world so my question is the ease of doing it and the number of apps and controls that we have to make horribly done work look with that much more professional how do you find that makes people appreciate or not appreciate the real pros and then the fact that they need to hire those people I think it depends on who the person is. Like a lot of people, especially with online video, have the school of thought that it doesn't matter what it looks like, right? Like I hear that a lot from marketers. They're like, it doesn't matter YouTube. They don't care. They don't care. And I, I, I care. I totally disagree. I think a lot of people do care and I see quality. And I think it really just depends on who's making the decision and also what platform and, and really how it's being distributed and how good it is, right? I mean, all those people who, there's a lot of like YouTubers who were making like kind of you know, obviously much lower rent, like camcorder videos, right? And then they became like big stars. And now their videos are all beautiful and gorgeous. It's like now they can make them really pretty and they have much better gear. So 
I don't know. I think, I think quality is important and I don't know. YouTube is, YouTube's tough. I mean, that's a very, very hard yeah. nut to crack for a lot of reasons. I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Now I, I should say you're no slouch. Like when you say, Oh, I, you know, I spent a lot of time doing film and TV production and stuff. I mean, you're a producer with Viacom, you know, for a couple of years, you're a co-founder of a company called Howcast Media. That was a venture backed internet video startup to be venture backed. You have to have accomplished something to get venture money. So my question is being on that kind of a trajectory in your career, which a lot of people would really appreciate being where you had accomplished being. I'm very excited about where you are now with what you're doing with creative humans. But do you feel that this is everything has led to this moment? Very much a culmination of kind of all, all my work all put into one and right from like getting on and because Howcast is a really large instructional site. It's primarily a YouTube channel right now. And uh, mm-hmm. we have over 9 million subscribers on the channel and over 4 wow. billion. It's still growing. So it's an enormous, enormous body of work. And, and a, a lot of talk about YouTube, a lot of eyeballs. And just, yeah, I feel like I've every single, you know, every, I think, doesn't that happen with everyone with life though? You kind of look at all the different things you've learned and maybe you try to put it back together and, and think about how it's going to be useful for people and helpful and hopefully make some money. Where did you start? Were you were you in film and uh, did you study film? Did you what were how did you end up here? Well, one of the first jobs I I tried for was I tried to be uh, I applied to be Harvey Weinstein's personal assistant, but he didn't take me. <laughs> oh, oh wow. wow! So much more context. So much more context to the start That's of the show. That's that is amazing. Well, by the way, what a nice near miss there, I guess. But I always said I would. I'm such a pleaser. I would be like, okay, Harvey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. He would have been so, like, hey, want to see my flying reindeer? But anyway. So what was the goal back then when you were going to be Harvey Weinstein's uh, quote, well, assistant, unquote? What, what, uh, no, but I really, well, I, where were you I, aiming? Well, I figured in life that I had an addiction to television where I just watched a lot of TV growing up. And um, I loved movies. I'd always rent, you know, back when you rented movies. And so I was renting bizarre movies or ones that other people weren't renting. And um, I, when I graduated from college, my, my mindset was that I was only going to be like, I wasn't an A student, but when I loved something, I did really well at it. So I figured my career should be something that I love. And if I loved it, then I would actually be good at this job as opposed to like trying to do something that I wasn't really great at. Yeah. So I went, I started in the movie industry. So back with like independent features and I got involved with that. And then I moved to commercials and then TV shows. I worked on the first like seven episodes of Your Eye for the Straight Guy, which was like, I always say ruined Bravo. <laughs> like ruined the face of Bravo. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah. And then after that, I was at Nickelodeon, which was also like a dream of mine as a child. And um, yeah, then Howcast and then, and then Creative Humans. And I think it's just kind of also having the entrepreneurial spirit was like a lot of it also came from movie making. Cause like when you start a movie, it's like starting a new company, like every single movie you work yeah. on, it's like you got to set up your office and you got to hire everybody and, you know, get all the accounting all together. And so it wasn't that like frightening for me, I guess, as opposed to other people. They're like, how did you start a company? I'm like, I don't know. Just yeah. did it. <laughs> Just, you know, I'll yeah. tell you doing a feature film in particular, even bad feature films are marvelous accomplishments. To oh, yeah. even get get it to exist is yeah. just such an incredible little entrepreneurial journey. It's amazing. People don't realize that even when they look at a horrible film. Yeah, all um, the way to marketing. I mean, there's so many different pieces of it. I mean, if you're going to be able to take it from the inception and the idea and like through casting, of course, and then crewing up and then raising the money and then spending the money and then, you know, what are you going to do with it? And, and yeah. then you have to moves and go like, you know, and show, show it to everybody. I mean, it's a whole, it's, in, it's a company, right? You know, Darlene, the fact that um, <laughs> this is just, um, you're amazing. Uh, Fast Company named you one of the most influential women in technology. You just are an entrepreneur. And the fact that you're helping other freelance slash entrepreneur types in the industry is just remarkable. So yeah, just your drive, man. I have a feeling this isn't your last, you know, just got 9 million followers over there on 
Howcast and now this. I mean, you, you I, everybody keep your eye on Darlene because she's yeah, just on fire. No question about it. And, and you know what else about Darlene that I think is interesting, Dresden, that I noticed? Yeah, let's talk right about her bit. like she's not here. Keep going. Yeah. Elsie, so, jump into. Um, uh, that Darlene woman we were talking about him, uh, with yeah, a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, let me Burning talk about Burning woman, her. yeah. So she, but on Darlene, fire. one of the things I really noticed about you right from the beginning, and I, I wonder if if I did pick up on something, I really do sense a thread of humor in the way that you present your company. Like your emails seem to have a humorous tone to them, your social media presence, all of that seems to, there's a whimsy a little bit to things, at least in my opinion. Is that something that you specifically are going for? And if so, what drove you to sort of take that tone? Oh, well, yeah. I always say the voice of Creative Humans is sassy production manager. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, that's yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about, by the way. I do. I met that person. <laughs> thoughtful. She's best friends. She's best friends with sassy stage manager. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. I will yeah. drinks all the time. She's wonderful. I love that girl. I love yeah. it. What, what, what made you decide to do that? I mean, I get it's industry and people will get that and everything, but, but what, how did you decide that? And how do you sort of, where does that, that copy come from in your brain? Like, how do you come up with say, this is the voice I'm continuing to try to write with and present. How do you think about even what you're going to say to make that work? Is there any way you can articulate that? I don't know. I just try to, it's kind of whatever's rattling around in my head. Um, I try to just make it entertaining and interesting. Like, I think like, you know, when you get newsletters or you're reading copy, like you want to be both educated and a little bit entertained. And when something's mm -hmm. like too dry, you can tell someone wrote about it who doesn't know what they're talking about. Like if you can like obviously oh. be a tiny bit more tongue in cheek or just more thoughtful and interesting, it means that you're just more educated about those things. Um, yeah. But that's interesting. Honest. I love that. I don't know. It's really intentional. It's just what I write. I mean, because I don't. Because cool. <laughs> the sassy production manager's teeth inside. Yeah, totally. Screaming to get out all over the socials. <laughs> so, Darlene, uh, for those who want to track down creative humans, experience the sassy production assistant, and, and also <laughs> honestly, just try to see what you have to offer, and either because they do produce or their potential client, how do they reach out to you? And I'm also interested as part of that, how do you monetize? Who's the one paying you in this mix? So we take a cut, we take a 15% cut out of any job that gets executed through the site that we're like, okay. that we can successfully make happen. It depends, honestly, the cut sometimes comes out of the creator side and sometimes the cut comes out of the client side. It kind of really depends on how the project's coming through and how we negotiate it. And then if someone wants to find us, they go to creativehumans.com and they can use the contact us form or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. I have like 13,000 connections on LinkedIn. I have a- That's very impressive, by the way. That's very <laughs> it's, impressive. It's no Howcast numbers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know hey, if there are 9 million both, people on LinkedIn, both, but- They're both hers, so I don't, sure I don't think I'm insulting her. I'm yeah. well, that's, no. awesome. <laughs> that's really quite impressive. Um, um, I want to just say I have 64 on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, she means she means 64 people, by the way, not 64,000. Yeah. Well done. She's everyone, trying to get to and, 72. And everyone follow Elsie, the producer. Yeah, I want to get to 72. <laughs> okay. She does. Elsie, the I'll producer, everybody. Have dreams. Dreams, else dreams. So, all right. Well, oh, my God. Darlene, Darlene. I, I love what you've done. You're such a uh, cool person. And uh, and congratulations on Creative Humans. It's really a brilliant idea. And I, I actually really love getting the emails from you guys. It doesn't feel like spam or junk mail or, or anything like that. It feels like a friend is calling. Oh, and uh, and it's, it's nice. So congratulations and continue good luck. And thanks yeah, for uh, connecting us with Nathan, by the way. That was yeah. a, no, and I'll see you guys all Yeah, he was great. At Bernie's great. We're all gonna go. It's gonna be great. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, uh Darlene Liebman, uh the founder of Creative Humans, such a cool person. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks for being on the show. You were a you were a delight. So, all right, that is it for this episode of Funny People Talking, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you next week for another wonderful guest. But until that time, for Elsie. Thanks a lot.
and Dresden. I'm off to party with some reindeer. Yes, you are. And by the way, Dresden, uh, all good thoughts for your daughter. And uh, uh, thanks. Uh, however things result with her COVID test, but also uh, if, if it is positive, I hope she feels a lot better. So. Well, if it isn't positive, I hope she feels a lot better. I hear some other great people got through it, so. All right. Thank you. All right. And uh, and I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh, boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.